I'm Heather Fleming, founder of In Purpose Educational Services and author of the book, My Black Friend Says. And I'm Delaney Ray, the coordinator of the LEAP Institute. So what do we do now, Heather? Same thing we've always done, Delaney. Keep fighting for an equitable world. This time in a podcast. Welcome to the Listen, Learn, Love podcast, where comfortable friends chat about uncomfortable topics. Let's do it. So Delaney. Yes, Heather. Guess who's back with us today? <gasps> who's with us today? Katie! Katie, my favorite! <laughs> Katie's uh, back. Having me back. I appreciate you guys wanting me back. Yay! I'm honored. Well, we had an important topic that we wanted to talk about today. Yeah. So we thought we could have your um, opinion and insight on this one too. Okay. So as you all know, we're still experiencing fallout from what happened with the Capitol and, um, you know, watching the news and watching various politicians spin everything that, that happened and kind of, you know, one thing that keeps coming up is are the people that are calling for us to be unified. And I personally am thinking about the fact that, you know, everything that's happened over the past few years that has been intended to divide us, can we actually move into a unity phase without being accountable for those things or confronting those things. So that ended up being what I wanted to talk to you all about today. The idea, yeah, the idea of unity without accountability or reconciliation in any um, form. Can that happen? Can that work? Okay, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Well, so I guess here's a question for both of you guys and without details or giving names on a public podcast. (laughs) <laughs> on a personal level, have you ever been in a friendship where the, that friend of yours has done something that was tremendously hurtful or harmful, and then without any discussion or apology has texted or called you, you know, a few days, a week, a month later and said, oh, hey, let's go hang out. Because I've had that happen. And that's a yucky feeling. It, it really is. I, I don't not really with friends, but I've had family members where that has happened, where, you know, something went on and I was incredibly hurt by it. And that family member was not willing to be accountable for what happened and apologize for what they did, show that they um, understood. And yes, it is an icky feeling because now there's a, a level of trust that has been betrayed as well as, you know, it's, it's like a discounting of the harm that you did to me. You, you just glance over it, you know? Yeah. I feel like in my experience, I have had, I don't want to say friendships or whatever, but just like relationships in general that, you know, if something happens, you know, my feelings are hurt or I'm offended or any of these, those kind of attack words, I've always been told I was too sensitive when in reality with what Heather's taught me, it's about impact over intent. And it's like, well, the impact is that I have been affected negatively by your words and actions, uh, even if you didn't intend to. And so I'm not being too sensitive. You're being too harsh. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I guess, you know, it's one of those, like I call for accountability and sometimes I wouldn't get it, I guess. And my thing is, well, 
to to make clear, I on these podcasts, we are not endorsing one party or another party. When we talk about politics, it is through an equity lens and how certain things impact people. But, you know, we've had we've had a few years of a lot of different incidences that again were intended to divide people, you know, conservatives against liberal, white rights against left. And yeah, just can we sit and say, agree to disagree about everything that has happened over the last four years? Is it fair to ask somebody to agree to disagree? So I'm thinking about my own family makeup and family members that identify within the LGBTQ community. Is it reasonable to ask them to just agree to disagree and make nice with family members who put their the power of their vote and their voice in, in ways that take away rights for those people? And when you take that and look at that through a racial lens, is it fair to ask minorities to agree to disagree with white supremacists or those who support white supremacy through policy? First of all, agree to disagree is for stuff like, you know, whether or not Crocs are ugly. Um, um, they are. They I'm going to say they, they yeah, they just are. for anyone that's listening, they absolutely are ugly. So uh, you, you no, don't wear Crocs. Actually, I become suspicious of people who wear Crocs. Only, I'm like, you can wear Crocs if you like bling them out. Like if you put like the decorations on them and, you know. Hey, Katie, Show your personality. I'm hey, joking. Katie, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm going to say, no, you can't. There's no, there's no excuse. There's no reason for cracks. So I'm definitely joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But if you guys start coming for Birkenstocks, you're going to have a fight. on. <laughs> uh, I won't come for those because those are comfortable. We're good. <laughs> so we're cracks. I don't know. They're plastic. So Birkenstocks are ugly too. <gasps> <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. We can agree to disagree because, <laughs> because you're not you're not really gonna take my Birkenstocks off my feet, nor do I'm, you have nor do you have the power to prevent me from buying more Birkenstocks. But I am gonna look at you suspiciously but and yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask you for fashion advice ever. Well, we already um, that, right? Yeah, we've already established that in another podcast oh. that Probably wouldn't have been a good idea anyway. You know, if we're going to talk about toppings on our pizza, if we're going to talk about, you know, fashion choices, even musical choices that we choose to listen to, these are very different topics than basic human rights or how we are treated. The discussion that you and I had in in our last podcast, Heather, about there being a different America for some folks. Exactly. This is bigger than an idea that we can just agree to disagree on. Mm-hmm. Right. We can't agree to disagree on whether or not my experience is what it is. We can't agree to disagree on whether or not racism, xenophobia, homophobia, etc., is right and okay and acceptable. Like, I keep coming back to the the MLK quote, the whole speech, actually, his proud to be maladjusted speech. And, you know, I don't want to be adjusted to segregation. I don't want to adjust to discrimination. And that's kind of how what I feel like people are being asked to do when they are rightfully angry 
about what has been happening in our country, some of the policies that have been so harmful, you know, right now, I'm sorry, I don't want unity with white supremacists. You know, there were people that uh, in the Capitol that were blatant Nazis. I don't see there's no middle ground on that particular issue because the middle ground is that we continue to not deal with it and to not address it and to sweep it under the rug. And so that's what I feel like ends up being the issue with these calls for unity without accountability because things get swept back under under the rug. And what we find ourselves doing is making very slow progress on something that we should be actively working to eradicate in our society. It's, it's a shame to me that there are speeches by Dr. King and by, or, or writings by James Baldwin, or, you know, he quotes by Lyndon B. Johnson that still apply today. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I'm trying to think of other times in our lives where we accept unity without accountability. You know, as a parent in our judicial system, in relationships, where else do we accept the idea of moving on past something without asking for some form of discussion or apology? Mm, I mean, I guess I could talk about like, because my lens with like my personal life is that I have small children. So my kids are completely different ages than your children. So I'm going to have different issues at home than you guys would have. But like recently we've been talking about how to give consequences to my son because um, certain things he's doing, um, essentially just not listening. But it's like we can't keep having the same conversation and thinking that something's going to change if we don't give any sort of consequence to it. And so it's like as a parent, we all have been there where we give consequences to our children to help teach them how to be better in the future. And so it's kind of one of those where we have to have consequences and we have to talk about those things so that in the future they don't happen again. And I think that's kind of what, if we don't have the consequences in uh, with regards to the Capitol riots, it's, it's bound to happen again. I think that that is a really good example. Um, you know, of course, my first son, he's 24 years old. There's a lot that I've learned between him and now my daughter, who's 12. And the biggest thing that I had to learn is to not force my kids to go say sorry, because in the end, if they're not really sorry, if they haven't really figured out what they have done wrong, then that's I'm, I'm teaching them manipulation. Mm, that's interesting. You know, I looked at the chapter of my book, um, my black friend says, where I talk about how the proper apology and how to have the proper apology. If you read through what I'm really saying, sorry is only one part of it. Mm-hmm. That expression of, of remorse is only one part of it. The biggest and most important parts are, you know, what comes after because it's, a, it's an acknowledgement that you understand how you caused harm. And that then you change your actions in some way Mm -hmm. so that you no longer cause that harm again. And, you know, anyone who's doing equity work, they're going to mess up. That's inevitable um, that they're going to mess up. But if they are earnestly trying to do this work, first of all, 
when they are called out, they're going to do the best that they can to sit and to listen, even in the midst of their discomfort or embarrassment, etc. And then after that, they're going to think about the impact of their words, because as you mentioned earlier, Katie, impact over intent. Um, I think you mentioned that earlier. Maybe we did. You did? Okay. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. We talk so often. I'm not remembering that right. Right. But, um, you know, impact over intent, the impact of your words so that you understand the impact of your words. And then after that, that you're really willing to change. If you don't have all of those parts, then when you go to say sorry, when you go to call for, um, can we all just get along? And here's, here's something that really just bites my butt. When people do something and then when they're called out for it, they, they start posting Dr. King quotes. Uh, I choose love. Love conquers all. Just like Dr. King. Mm. Yeah. That's not, that's not what he meant. You know, that's not what he meant at all. Now he's choosing a way that's loving, but that way that's loving is not to just say, you could do whatever. I'm going to love you anyway. There needs to be accountability within. That's tough love. You know, there's accountability. Even though I love you, there's accountability. Right. Tough love. Well, and one of the things that I'm seeing right now with the Capitol uh, situation in particular, although I don't want to just focus on that because I feel like this is a much broader conversation. But in this particular instance, they are arresting people and they are bringing charges to the people who really did the worst felonies and crimes during this. So I'm seeing some people saying, listen, there has been accountability. They're Mm -hmm. being arrested. Let's move on. But that incident wasn't standalone. Mm -hmm. That happened based on years of attitudes and behaviors that were racist being ignored and also being allowed. You know, this is not the first time we have seen marches where there were Nazis. There was the the infamous group of men in khaki pants carrying tiki torches. This isn't the first time we've seen this. This is the this is where it came to a really big head. But when I think about accountability, it's not just let arrest the person who caused damage in in the Capitol building. It's how did we get to the point that this happened? I'm sorry, um, you caught me trying to drink my daily, <laughs> my daily recommendation of water. I have this big old jug that has like a um, hundred and something ounces in it, and it's a lot to drink. But um, so between so, drinking all me. that water and the amount of time you spend in the bathroom, it's amazing we can record podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Or are we recording these podcasts from the bathroom? I want to know. Okay, so bringing it back, though. Okay. I was just thinking, though, about isn't there a saying, and I'm terrible at sayings, like, so please tell me, figure out what I'm trying to say, but isn't there a saying about, like, death by a thousand cuts or something, right? That no? does Some, something like that. Sound familiar. But there's something about, it's like the, yeah. So I'm, look, like, I'm looking it up on my phone. We got here by, like, all these, allowing all of these little situations to happen and not stopping them back then or them away sweeping yeah. them under the rug yeah. and trying to say no that again going back to the intent versus impact yeah. this well is no we here. didn't intend to that to, for that to be white supremacy no we didn't intend for this or that to be harmful 
Katie, I looked it up. Oh, yeah? What is it? It's a form of torture and execution originating from Imperial China. Oh, it's also apparently a Taylor Swift song. It is a Taylor Swift song. I was going to bring that up for you. I literally have no idea. But yeah, like I feel like that is really how we got here is that we did not hold any of those little cuts to our democracy or even in any sort of relationship. You don't hold those accountable. And then that's how it gets to be so big. Like what you're saying, Delaney, where it's like we finally got everything kind of came to a head finally. And it's but that's how we got here is by not holding anyone accountable. And I just want to say, you know, all the people that over the years sounded the alarm, they were told like you were, Katie, that they were being too sensitive. They were overreacting. You know, no big deal. Stop making everything about race. Right. And and yeah, stop being too sensitive. It's not about you. It's about this. And it's like, well, it's not just me. There's a lot more other me's out there. Well, the other thing that people have to really consider is that this has been building for 401 years. Mm-hmm. And so we have to stop looking at incidences as if they're taking place in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. They're not. Right. Um Absolutely. The historical context is very much still a part of this conversation. Exactly. You know, so George Floyd, it wasn't just about George Floyd. It was about Mike Brown. It was about Trayvon Martin. It was about Tamir Rice. It was about Rakia um, Boyd. It was, you know, Sandra Bland. We -hmm. we can go on and on and on. So then when you add it, Breonna Taylor to it, now we've got to look at this in the full picture to see why people are upset and why people are angry. The other thing that, and this kind of has nothing to do with it, but I've told people, please stop comparing the Black Lives Matter protests to this Capitol insurrection. They're apples and oranges. And I mean, I, I could get into a lot of the explanation of it, but one was literally about people's lives and how they have been oppressed um, for 401, almost 402 years now. Where the other one was about, you know, their preferred candidate not winning. And so that's that's one thing that's different. Another thing that's different is that, yes, at times at Black Lives Matter protests, there are some violent events. Because anytime you're going to get a crowd of people together, you can't control every single person. But a lot the, the people that went to the Capitol, they intended, they had put out you know, and, and they're on their social media, et cetera, that they intended to cause harm and they to built, be violent. They brought a gallows with them. They brought they military-grade ties. Exactly. They built gallows. They chanted, hang Mike Pence and hang Nancy Pelosi. And that's not the spirit. Anyone that has ever gone to a Black Lives Matter protest, that is not the spirit in which is done. And then another thing that was very, very, very different is that sometimes the violence at Black Lives Matter movements are caused by the people that are there to police them, you know, because of interactions with the crowd, the way that they, they've been dealt with. We have a friend that was telling a story about how they were just standing in a parking lot. And she's a white woman, but, you know, during Ferguson protests, she was standing in the parking lot and how she was treated 
by police as opposed to, you know, what she watched in the Capitol insurrection. So right now there are a lot of people who have been the victim at protests, who have been arrested, et cetera, that are really trying, screaming and saying, listen, these are different things and we need to um, use the correct language to talk about it. That's the reason why I don't say, you know, the Capitol protest. It wasn't a protest. It was an intended coup. It was an intended insurrection. And yeah, now there needs to be accountability on all sides, not just the people that were in the Capitol building causing the destruction. We need the people that that actually supported and encouraged it. We need the people that helped to create the circumstances of it, that helped to create the lies that led to it. We need to just really do something to find out why so many people are okay with being on the same side with with Nazis and open white supremacists. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to what you said about this being you know, taking this to a bigger context than that event, this being 401 years of history. I was thinking of something Katie said, where if there are no consequences, if there is no accountability, how will there be change? And that reminded me of that saying, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different outcome. It made me think of that because as you were listing off all the names of, you know, unarmed Black people that have been killed by police. If we could sit here and list off all of the different public policies, the judicial policies that have had overwhelming harm on people of color, this has happened over and over and over. So someone saying, can't we just all treat each other nice? That's lovely. I absolutely 100% think everybody listening to this should treat each other nice. (laughs) That's a good thing to do. Right. Yes. But it's not going to create a different outcome right. in society if it's not making changes at the policy level. You know, it's the systemic problems that we need to change. Can um, I throw something at you guys? Sure. Curveball. Have you guys ever heard of the paradox of tolerance? Um, somebody on one of my Facebook posts um, mentioned it and I needed to look into it more. Can you explain it? Yes, it is something that I personally think about all the time. So it's by, it's a philosopher uh, named Karl Popper. He uh, made the paradox of tolerance. He named it. And so really at the very crux of it is we can't tolerate intolerance. And yes, that seems backwards, but by tolerating the intolerant, the intolerant win. So we have to stop, say, Nazis or racists or xenophobes or homophobes, all of these, from making the rules, essentially, because then they will be the ones that are affecting the change that are going to be hurting so many people. So yes, we want to be tolerant of everyone, but we cannot tolerate intolerance. And so uh, there's a fantastic graphic for it, actually, if you go on Google and just put in paradox of tolerance and just go to like the images, because sometimes just seeing it in a visual form makes it a lot easier. But yes, it is relevant to this too, because if you tolerate all of those little cuts or anything like that, you're going to, that's how we're going to get here. It's relevant. (laughs) It really is. is. That is actually really good. Thank you. 
Um, I actually saw a post that was like a real life example of that. It's, this gentleman said that he was in a bar. He decided to stop after work and get a drink. He was in a bar and the bartenders, they were like, you know, the type where they pretty much ignore you and leave you alone. But this guy walks in, sits down next to him, very nicely says, you know, hey, how you doing? And the next thing he knows, the bartender starts screaming at the dude, get out, you know, get out, get out. And... Um, when the dude was like, hey, I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here chilling. The bartender actually reached under the bar and grabbed a bat and was like, get wow. out now. And so the gentleman, he's sitting there like, what just happened? And the bartender explained to him, he's a Nazi. Mm -hmm. And if you let him in, he's going to come in and it's going to sound, you know, he's going to sound really nice and really mm -hmm. kind. And he's going to start making small talk and conversation with you. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. He's not he's not so bad. And then the next thing you know, he invites a friend to come with him. And so then the friends, they're cool. They're trying to talk to the, the people around and, and become part of the culture of the bar. Until mm -hmm. finally you look up one day and you, it's turned, your bar is turned into a Nazi bar. Yeah, you have a Nazi bar. <laughs> you have a Nazi bar. And I, I read that story and was like, wow. He said, and then once all that happened, the bartender went back to ignoring him and he went back to drinking his drink. And that was it. So... I think that that is what we're experiencing to a certain extent is that there were things that happened that we laughed at or that we um, ignored because we felt a little helpless, if we're going to be honest, to, to stop it or to do anything about it. But that that's another thing that we have to do. We have to start making the people that are representing us accountable as well for creating this change. We Right now, we're in a seminal moment in history. Everyone will, it, it's just like 9-11. You mm -hmm. remember what you were doing at 9-11. It's like the civil rights movement. Everything is, you know, just described as before the civil rights movement or after the civil rights movement. There's just so many events in history that we can go through and be like, it was before, you know, before Kennedy's assassination, assassination after Kennedy's assassination. That's the moment that we're in. And so right now is an opportunity that if change is going to be made, we got to do it. What I love this quote, John Meacham, right after John Lewis passed away, was talking about John Lewis. And he says, he used the quote that, that Dr. King is, you know, often quoted as saying about the, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And John Meacham said, it only bends because people like John Lewis demand that it swerves. And I just thought that that was so cool. So we're at a moment where we should all be demanding that it swerves. Heather, that reminds me back to the story of the Nazi at the bar. I think what's hard for people is this concept of he came into the bar. He was a nice guy. He was paying like anyone else. I think there are a lot of people who would be in that situation and think, I don't approve of him. He's really extreme. I'm not supporting his extremist views, but I'm going to be nice to him because he's a nice guy. It doesn't really affect me. When in reality, what we need is that bartender who says, absolutely not. I am not going to tolerate this mindset that is so damaging. 
And that gets back to what Katie was saying about the paradox of tolerance. Yes. That, you know, we have to take a stand and you can't sit and say, well, I'll just let this. Because if you look at any time that um, they do studies on how people became radicalized, that's how it started out with, you know, them being targeted because they had a rough home life or they're struggling financially or something like that. And you have somebody that comes in and is really nice to them. And next thing I know, they're planting these radicalized views. I just, I personally think that we should make it to where their intolerance is, is so not tolerated that they are forced to have to begin changing their minds. Like when people, as I'm doing the work, sometimes people are like, well, and it gets back to the whole Dr. King thing. I choose love. Well, I do too. I'm a very good person, but I'm not nice sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not required to be nice when I'm literally dealing with people who would be okay with the deaths of my children or who would be okay with people who look like me continuing to suffer or to be able to suffer more. We just, we don't want any of this. So I'm so glad that you all joined me today to talk about this process and the fact that yes, right now unity is a great thing, but there are, there are certain things we need to be unified against and certain things we need to be unified for. And right now, one of the things we need to be unified for is accountability for all of the people that contributed to the events at the Capitol and then all the people who continue to contribute to white supremacy in our society. And as always, as we've been telling you guys the last couple episodes, there are ways that you can participate in further conversations about these topics. A couple of the ways you can do that, send us an email, give us your thoughts, your questions. Maybe we'll be able to address them in another episode. If you are a supporter of ours on Patreon, you are automatically um, eligible to be put into a private group on Facebook of people who are continuing these conversations. Heather, can you give us that email address? Because I never remember. (laughs) (laughs) It is info at inpurposeea.com. That's inpurposeea.com. And how lucky were we, Heather, to have Katie today. Thank you so much. I love coming and I appreciate you guys letting me join in the conversations. I really enjoy this. Thank you. Absolutely. Katie, you're one of my favorite white people in the world. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good trophy to carry around. Hey, Heather. Yes. And and what am I? Should I say that? You're confusing beige. I'm 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 one of your favorite confusing beige people. I love you ladies. I can't wait till we do this again. Bye. Love Bye. you. Bye. Love you. Thanks for listening to this episode. You can support us on Patreon by looking for the Listen, Learn, Love podcast or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at InPurposeES. That is I-N-PurposeES. You can also follow us on Twitter at InPurposeEA or visit our website at www.InPurposeEA.com. Heather, this was great. Do you want to do it again next week? I sure do, Delaney. Awesome. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye.